even better. I want you to turn to 3 John chapter 1. There's only one chapter in 3 John. 3 John chapter 1, we're going to read the second verse. Um, I don't think this is going to detract from my message, but as I was preparing this more, uh, well, I was preparing this week and last night, but as I was reading over my notes this morning, the Lord put this verse on my heart. And, and uh, it was interesting because as he did, I was listening to Pastor Steve who was preaching in Sumter during the 9 a.m. service. So this was about 9.30 or so, 9.45. And, uh, and he's preaching, and all of a sudden he quotes this verse. And I thought, well, that's confirmation right there. So I want to add this to uh, our sermon for today, our message for today. And I think it actually fits right in perfectly. It wasn't in my notes, but I asked them to pull it in. Um, I don't normally do this, but can we all try to say this together? I think it'll be good for you to, to read the word. It'll tie into what I want to talk to you about today. So let's start by everyone saying this with me. Say, beloved, beloved. say, I pray, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I understand that this was John writing a letter, and I understand that this was in his greeting to that person that he was writing a letter, but I also understand that the Word of God, every single word from Genesis 1 to Revelation was written by men, breathed by God. I believe in the Word of God as the unadulterated Word of God. Not Word of man, not just some book that we read, not just some thing that I have sitting on my shelf. I've got, you know, four or five big Bibles, then they look good as, as as, I'm going to be honest, they look good as decor pieces up on the, on the bookshelf, but they're not just bookshelf pieces. They are the holy written word of God that was written and delivered to me by men through the Holy Spirit. And whenever I read it, I receive it as revelation for me today. So when this says, I wish, I hope, beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper, it tells me something. I, I preached this message, or not this message, but a message like this on this verse to the young adults a long time ago. And y'all may have seen I have a shirt. Um, it's not very popular anymore, but y'all might have seen that emoji with 100. And there was a popular phrase that would say, you know, you keep it 100, you keep it 100. But I, I, I preached a message called 100, 100%, because I believe that this verse is telling me something important, telling you something important. That 100% of my life should be prosperous. Like not, not part of my life, not just that I should do well financially because I've got a good job and, and, and uh, you know, I, I know I learned a skill or I learned an ability or I got hooked up with the right people or I learned to invest or whatever it is. And so I've done very well financially, but my marriage is a mess and, and I've got this is a mess and I, 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 uh, my health is a mess. I work so hard and I've got so many businesses, I can't even go to church, so my spirituality is a mess. I don't believe that should be the case. I also don't believe that you should have people that are really, really spiritual, that are, are, know God, know his word, know all those things, but yet they've got nothing to show in life. They, they, they've done nothing. I mean, I mean, we read all throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament, of, of, how, of believers and how they sowed into other ministries and took care of Paul and took care of these ministers. There's something about doing well enough that you can bless others. I look forward to write. I've never written a $100,000 uh, uh, giving check, but I look forward to the day I can write one. I'm serious. I mean, and that's where part of what I want to talk to you about today is where, where your faith is at, because that's where my faith is at. Your faith may be like, well, I've never written a tithe check. 
I just need to write a $10 check. And what I want, I want you to help, help you realize today is that where, wherever your faith is at today, you, you, my, my message and any of my messages should not, uh, you know, cause you to feel, you know, inhibited by that, but to realize that my faith should be increasing from this day forward. That from this day forward, I go from glory to glory, from victory to victory. I'm going to read to you um, several scriptures, okay? There's a lot of scripture today, um, and, and I, I, I like to do that because I can give you thoughts, but the Word does such a better job than I do. And I can give you ideas, but they would just be ideas. I can give you opinions. I can give you experiences, but until you get not just head knowledge of the word of God, but it drops down into your heart and becomes revelation is going to just be a book on a shelf, but it can't be just a book on a shelf. Can it turn to Mark 11 in Mark 11? We see uh, Jesus instructing the disciples about faith, not to jump too far ahead. But part of this message today is to, to help us realize in the world we live in, the world cannot dictate my faith. The situations, I've, I've said it for weeks in a row, y'all can just get used to saying it. I, I think that it's something in my heart for this season, and it's not just in my heart. I, I, I've heard, he might be say a little bit different than me, but Pastor Steve's preaching the same thing. His pastor, Pastor Reggie's preaching the same thing. Uh, pastor Reggie's son, Sean, he's preaching the same thing. I turn on other, other great men of God that I, that I like and like to listen to. They're saying the same thing in different words. That the world we live in, it may look bleak. It may look like, you know, uh, tumultuous and uncertain, but let me tell you something. God's word is not uncertain. He knows what he's doing. He put in place thousands of years ago and 2,000 years ago sent his son so that you and I could look at Mark eleven twenty two and apply it to our life. What does it say? Jesus answered and said to them, who is them? The disciples. They were taking a trip. They walked by a tree. Jesus cursed the tree. And the tree withered up the next day. Uh, this is the same, at the same time, the, this trip they were taking was when he went to uh, Jerusalem, overturned all the tables, uh, and, and corrected, hey, my house shall be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. He corrected them. That's why I know it's okay for me to be angry as long as I don't sin. Jesus flipped tables too. If you know, you know. Okay, so... Uh, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What happened is now they've come back from that trip and they're on the way back. They walk by the same tree. The tree has withered up. What did Jesus do? He spoke to the tree. He believed the tree would go away, that it would wither up and die. It withered up and died. They were astonished. The disciples were. And he said, why, basically said, why are you astonished? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, leave the scripture up. Don't go there. But if you read Hebrews eleven six, 6, what does it tell us? It tells us that, that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please him. We have to have faith to please God. And it says this. It says, when we come to God, we have to have two things. Everybody hold up two fingers. I'm quoting Hebrews eleven six 6 while we're looking at Mark eleven twenty two. 22. So track with me here. Hebrews eleven six. 6 tells us two things, that we must come to God knowing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you have to know two things. Number one, that he is, that he is the God he says he is. He is the God of this Bible. He is the God that that calls this tree to wither, that he is the God who gives us a measure of faith that we're going to talk about in a second and the one who increases our faith when we increase it. 
When we push and we decide that we want to grow and we want more of God, he's the one that does the increasing. He is good all the time and all the time he is good. Hebrews eleven six says, I've got to know that he is. Then I've got to know that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That when I seek God, I can expect. There's nothing wrong with me expecting a reward. Now, where we get twisted is, is when we want the reward the way we want the reward. But there's nothing wrong with me expecting a reward. There's nothing wrong with me expecting God to bless me. There's nothing wrong with, I, my kids are, we're, we're, you know, when we take trips and do fun stuff, we, we do it right. Not that we spend a bunch of money. I mean, we, we, we found ways to do it economically and be, and be wise and all those things. But we have fun. I, 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 I you know... Well, never mind. I don't, I'll get too, too off track. I got a lot to get out today. I'm just saying, I bless them. We, my wife and I, we bless them. They expe- they, they've already grown to expect that. Nothing wrong with that. We must know that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligent, diligently seek him. Now, Jesus is saying you need to have faith in God. What I love about this scripture, and why this is such a key scripture to understanding faith, is because then Jesus explains what does faith look like. What does faith look like? Go on to verse 23. What does it tell us? For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, my message today is not on the words we speak. I've covered that a lot in recent months, but you can tell words matter. What I want to bring to your attention today is it says, does not doubt in his heart. Faith is a matter of the heart. Faith is a matter of the heart. It is not a matter of the head. It is not a matter of the head. Now, what we have to do is make sure that what's happening on the inside of us, that the faith that we have on the inside of us, in our spirit, in our heart, that it does not affect our head to the point that then out of our mouth comes doubt. Because when that happens and you speak doubt, your mouth will cause your heart to then doubt. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. Right? So what do you have? If you have nothing but doubt coming out, you're going to have doubt. So, pastor, I hear you, but then how do I speak faith? How do I live a life of faith? I didn't grow up in, in this environment. I, didn't under, I don't understand all these verses you're saying. I'm new to all this. I'm wanting to grow in my faith, but I'm, 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 I'm new to this. How do I increase? I'm going to help you today. God's going to help you today. He's going to use me to do it, but God's going to help you today. I want to finish this scripture and read verse 24. Actually, the next few verses up to 26. And then we're going to, I'm going to show you something that will help you. Ready? What else did Jesus say? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive him, receive them and you will have them. Notice how this flows. How does faith work? You have to ask. When you ask, you believe at that moment you've received it. Notice how he says this. You don't receive it at the moment you believe you received it. And you will have them is subsequent to that. And you could even uh, some translations put the word or interject the word then and then you will have them. What will you have? The things you believe for. Well, wait a second. I don't have them when I pray and I ask. I know that's faith. 
Well, why, all, why does all this matter? Because you live in a world that the Bible says that the devil is the God of this world. And his whole MO is to, to ruin your life, to pull you away, to pull you down, to put the reason that Jesus talked about a mountain is because when they would travel, there would be mountains in their way they would have to go around. And what the devil will want to do is, 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 is he'll try to put something in your way that's not a mountain and make it a mountain. He'll make it a mountain to you. Like what, what didn't feel like a mountain all of a sudden seems like a mountain. What, what didn't, you know, you're like uh, uh, just trying to to, to, to raise your kids, and all of a sudden, the teachers bring to you a, a report of, oh, well, they're saying this, and, and your kid is testing this way, and, and you're just trying to, 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 to raise your kids and, and put Jesus in them, and now you're dealing with a mountain. How do you overcome the mountain? See, we, we sometimes think that God doesn't care about these situations, or that he hasn't put something in his word to help us get through them, but he has, and he cares, he cares about when, when a boss comes in and says, listen, I'm sorry, but, but we're having to really cut back. It's not me. It's corporate. And I, I'm sorry, I've got to let you go. That's, that, that, that's a bad day in the natural, but there's faith that we have that will carry us through that situation. What I've come to realize, and there's a quote from F.F. F. Bosworth. Let me, let, me, let me jump down to this. There's a quote from F.F. F. Bosworth. Uh, uh, never mind. I don't have it. I, I pulled in a different quote from F.F. Bosworth. I'll get to that one in a minute. But he has a quote that, that basically says, you don't wait until the moment. If you wait till the moment that you need faith to get faith, you've waited too late. Why? Because faith grows. Faith builds. I'm going to show it to you in a second, but I'm trying to set up an understanding for you to have that if you wait to the moment that the boss comes in and says, I'm sorry, I've got to let you go. And then you think, oh man, I've got to believe God through the situation. And I've never had to believe God through anything before. I've never had to walk with faith before. I've never had to, 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 to you know, work my faith this way. And now I've got to figure it out. Well, it's going to be a much harder battle than if you start working your faith now while you have the job. Well, what do I work my faith for? Anything. Believe God for $5 today. Believe God for, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking about me believing God. To, see, I, I care about how much I give to God's kingdom. So I'm not joking about me believing God to write a $100,000 tithe check one day. I'm believing for that. Not, but see, I don't want the money so that I can have a million dollar home. I want it so I can bless God's kingdom. And so, but, but I'm exercising my faith for that today. Well, when, when, when anything deterred or seems like the, that, that uh, trajectory is being deterred or, you know, um, uh, veered away, you know, it's not a moment for me, for my faith to waver. That's not, that's not a moment. You know, I'm, I'm learning and training myself now to have million dollar faith today. Do you see what I'm saying? Why am I able to do that today? Because several years ago, I learned to believe God. See, I, I left college, and I, I've told the story too many times, so I'm not going to go into to all the story, but there are new faces in here today. But I, I had a lot of debt and a lot of stuff from college, and I learned then how to believe God out of that situation. I went from negative to positive. Now I'm going from positive, or I've gone from positive to more positive. Y'all heard me tell how we, we, we remodeled houses. Now we're remodeling a second house. And I, I just watch every month, despite what the economy's done, every once in a while I'll check that. You know, you go on Zillow and they have a Zestimate, is what they call it. 
I think that's what it's called. A what? Zestimate. Which is an estimate, their estimated value of your home. Man, that'll put a smile on your face. I'm thinking, I know how much we bought it for. I know how much we put in it. And God has blessed us. Well, I've gone, you see, you see. Well, so now, because I know all these things, I've exercised, my wife and I, we've exercised our faith in these things. God's blessed us. Our faith has grown. Now we're believing for, and it's not just monetary things. The reason I think God reminded me of 3 John 1, 2 is to make sure that the message today is balanced. That, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. You are a three-part being. You, have a, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. All three parts of you should be blessed. All three parts of you should be 100% or 33.3%, so you fit into 100 or you can be 300%, whatever you want to do. But you should be at full capacity. You should be operating at full capacity. What else does Jesus say in, in his instructions to them? He says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither your Father in heaven, neither will he forgive you of your trespasses. You know, I like to... I, I try not to just pull one scripture without reminding us of the context of things. Make sure that you're not forgetting. Or, or if you ever wondered, well, why haven't my prayers been answered? Don't forget that forgiveness matters. So what am I saying measure of faith? Let me unpack this for a minute. Measure of faith. Measure of faith. How do you have a measure of faith? What is a measure of faith? Well, Romans 12, 3 says this. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say... Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, Paul's writing to the church, the Roman church. He's saying, hey, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he should think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I, I'm hoping they get the scripture up in just a second. Romans 12, 3, because I want you all to see this. Those online, I want you to see this. Paul's, think about what he's saying here. And if you read the whole chapter, it's a little bit more clear. He's saying there are those among you who have clearly more faith than someone else. God's dealt everyone a measure of faith, so don't think more highly of yourself than the next person. Don't think more highly. That's why I'm telling you today, don't, don't be discouraged if you're like, well, I'm sure, man, I've got little faith today. I've got little faith. Man, I got $1 faith. I might have quarter faith today. Well, praise God, you have a measure of faith. You have a measure of faith. And you might be someone else who's, man, I've gone through things. God's blessed me. God's seen me and seen me through. And so my faith is not quarter faith. It may be somewhere else. That's great. You may be someone here who's, who's had God heal you. And so you have a faith for healing. You may be someone else who's never, you just learned last week when I preached about healing. That God heals, and you're like, well, I'm just beginning to, to understand God's word on healing, much less, much less have any faith for healing. Do you understand what I'm saying today? There are levels. There, there is a measure. I don't want to use the word levels, although you could probably say that, but there is a measure of faith. Faith is measurable. Well, that doesn't make sense, Pastor, now. I mean, we're not supposed to, well, hold on. Let me just, let me give you some scripture to support this, because uh, in Ephesians, it tells us, that for grace are you saved through faith. We all have a measure of faith. 
because it takes faith to get saved. Romans 10, 17 tells us faith comes by hearing the word of God. Jesus spoke of great faith, little faith. He, he described this. I'm going to look at several New Testament scriptures about faith. Ready? I'm going to go through this quickly. So you might want to just write down the verse reference and study at home. First, or excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. He says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows. Everybody say grows. Your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds toward each other. Faith grows. Here he talks about growing faith. In Luke chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus um, talked about faith and the level of faith. Romans 4, 19, it talks about weak faith. Then in verse 20, Romans 4, 20, it talks about strong faith. In Matthew 8, 10, it talks about, Jesus himself talks about great faith. He was talking to the centurion soldier. If you know this story, you know that a man walked up who was not a Jew. He was a centurion soldier. He walked up to Jesus and said, hey, I need you to come heal my servant. This was not even for for his family. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come. And the centurion said, no, listen, you don't even need to come. I'm a soldier. If you just give the word, he'll be healed. I'm a, I'm a leader in the army. And so when I give them a word, they listen. And I know that if you give, the, you give the word, that my servant will be healed. Jesus gave the word. The servant was healed that very hour. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith not even in Israel. He compared homeboy. He was sent for, the, for God's people. He was sent to Israel. Jesus was sent to Israel and he said, y'all better get your act together. Y'all don't even have faith like this guy. Everywhere I walk around, y'all are, y'all are questioning whether I am who I say I am and whether I'm the Messiah and the one that came. Every time I turn around, y'all are questioning me and this group's mad at me and this group's doing this. Y'all better get your act together. This is the faith I'm talking about. There are two places that we see where Jesus marveled. That's number one. He marveled at their faith. You know what number two is? Matthew chapter six, when he marveled at their unbelief. The Bible says he could go, he went to go heal Those who were sick, he could do no mighty work there, and he was astonished at their unbelief. That they didn't believe because he was was the carpenter's son. See, this is why I'm telling you Hebrews 11.6 is so important, because I have to believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I have to walk through my life. When I get these bad reports, you have to set in your mind today, I'm going to trust God whenever it hits the fan, I know God's for me. Whenever stuff happens and it falls down and it looks like my whole world is crumbling, my God is for me. I know he's going to see me through. And I know that today. I know that today. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for catastrophe. I'm not, I mean, don't do that. Please don't do that. If you're looking for catastrophe, catastrophe, you'll find it. I don't look for catastrophe. I don't look for those things to happen. I go around expecting blessing, expecting increase. I walk into restaurants. I expect the waiter or waitress to say, did you know we're running a special today? I didn't even know we were running a special, but they just told me we've got a special and you get this and this for free. I expect that kind of stuff. 
I, I mean, really. I mean, it doesn't happen every time, but it, but it happens. Uh, we, we, we booked a trip for vacation. We booked a trip for vacation, and, and uh, the way I do uh, Marriott, I get upgrades. The, the place we went, you know, I mean, it's summer. Like, places are booked up. So I'm not expecting to get the upgrade. I was happy with the room we got. I was fine. We're going to have fun. But I felt led to call. So I called the hotel, and I said, hey, you know, part of the, the Marriott Rewards program, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a available for, uh, eligible for upgrades. Do you have an upgrade? And they said, um, I'm not sure. Let me check. Oh, well, actually, we have several. Um, we actually, at this hotel, we have suites. And I said, oh, I did not know you had suites. Because it's a, uh, uh, the type of hotel that normally have suites. But I guess because it's at a beach or whatever in that type of area, they added some suites. Say, so, yeah, most people don't know, but we have suites. And she explained the suite to me. I said, that's great. I said, well, would, would I be eligible for that? She said, oh, you have to call um, the such and such number with, with um, Marriott Reservation. So I called the number. I called the number, talked to them, and said, oh, yes, sir, no problem. We'll request the upgrade, but then you have to call them back and, and, uh, after check-in, which makes sense. He explained it to me. And so I did, did all that, and we got the upgrade. Why? Why, why did we get the upgrade? Because God cares about how we take a vacation. And whenever we go on vacation, I, th- I honestly think God cares about us having the best room we could have. You can believe differently if you want, but I, it matters to me. It ma- I, I mean, we've got three kids. I can, I, I'm, fi- I'm totally fine with the room, with us all in the room. That's usually what happens anyways. If we... If we <laughs> Usually what happens anyways, I wake, I go to bed with me and my wife and wake up with three kids in the bed. I'm like, how did this happen? Thank God we've trained the dog. He does not get to come in. No dogs in the bed. Just the kids. That's it. That's where I drew the line. So I'm really fine with that. I'm fine with us. We could all be in the room. We, we usually do two queens or whatever so we can spread out a little bit. But I'm fine with that. But you know, it's nice to have a little separation. To have the rooms off. And you know what's really nice? When you get it for free. That's a complimentary upgrade today, Mr. Clark. Well, thank you very much. Then I get back on the app, and i got to talk to them about this whenever we get there, but apparently they, they're doing $100 gift cards for some restaurant, from lo- some local restaurant. Praise God. Well, we'll go get a steak. Amen. I, this is, I don't make this stuff up, but I, I, I believe 3 John 1, 2. When, when sickness comes in our house, I resist it because I believe God doesn't want us to be sick. I've got too much to do. I don't, I, I, I'm not going to come up here and cough my way through a servant or have to call out sick. I'm sorry, I can't preach today. Can someone else cover me? I'm not going to do it. I'm, I've got a message to preach. God's put, a, put, put, put stuff in me, called me to do it, gave me a gift and ability to deliver it, and I am going to do what God called me to do. And sickness is a ploy from the devil to inhibit you from what God called you to do. I'm not going to be sick. My family's not going to be sick. We, we combat that stuff. I'm going to keep going. Matthew, a few chapters later, Matthew 14, he talked about little faith. What was happening? Uh, Peter walked on the water. First of all, uh, uh, Jesus walked on the water. Then he called Peter out. Peter walks on the water. Let me tell you something. It takes some faith to walk on water. Yet, when he looked at the waves, looked at everything happening around him, looked at the gas prices... Looked at the world, looked at the situation, looked at the raisin, oh, everything in the grocery store has gone up. Listen, y'all just get used to it. Everything's gone up. Everything. 
Here's what you need to, instead of looking at everything else going up, you need to start looking at your bank account and say, when are you going up? When are you going up? I'm looking for the bank account to go up. Switch your expectation and get your expectation lined up with God's. Because what happened to Peter is he started looking at the waves and looking at everything, all the wind and all the, oh man, am I going to sink? And he started to sink. And what did Jesus tell him in Mark 14, Matthew 14, 31? And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Now, this is pretty bad. Well, while you're in the middle of the ocean, Jesus standing on top of the water. He's up. You're down. He picks up and says, oh, ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? Because in Mark 11, he had already told him. Actually, it came after this. But the, the, the principle was there. That, that, you, you, that you believe and you do not doubt in your heart. You don't doubt in your heart. Why did you doubt? There's got to be a a realization we have today. I'm trying to stir up your faith today so that no matter what happens tomorrow, next month, 2023, 2025, that your expectation is next year will be better than this year. When you start a month, man, this month is going to be better than last month. My expectation is an expectation of faith. I can have, I can have little, or I can have great faith. Let me keep going. I haven't even finished yet. James 2.5, uh, uh, the author there, James, talks about rich faith. Acts 6.5 talks about full faith. James 2.22, 1 Timothy 5, same thing. Descriptions of faith. Look at 1 Timothy 1.19. Cling your faith to Christ. Keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Shipwrecked faith. That's pretty, that's pretty, I mean, of all the descriptions of faith I'm giving you today. By the way, if you've ever wondered, well, well, how can, that's not fair to think someone else can have more faith than you. I've just given you 11 scriptures that show you it can. Now, everyone has a measure of faith. We're not to think haughtily of ourselves if you have more faith than the next person. I started with that to lead you correctly. However, you should be expecting your faith to grow. You should realize that your faith is measurable. And the reason that someone else may get through a situation that you don't has to do with your faith. And that's not to make you feel bad. That's to say, God, help me realize how I can navigate this situation when, if it were to come my way so that I don't drown. So that I don't capsize. So that I don't get shipwrecked. But notice, I'm going to end on this. Oh, actually, I did not give you 11 yet. I gave you 10. 1 John 5, 4 talks about overcoming faith. But let me stay on 1 Timothy 1, 19. Cling your faith to Christ. How do I not have shipwrecked faith? Cling your faith to Christ. I can do all things through me? No. Through my, my, my father, my mother? No. Through, through my, my, my uh, uh, church family or, or all those? No. Through, through uh, my job? Uh, wait, wait, through the government? No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's the one that gives me strength. When I, when I cling my faith to him, he's the one that pulls me up and says, you've got little faith right now, but Peter, man, let me tell you something. When you get your act together and you come out of that upper room full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to come out there and preach to 3,000 people and get them all saved. You can go from sinking to seeing 3,000 people saved in a matter of years. You can do what God's called you to do. You can go from glory to glory to glory. You can go higher and not go backwards Through Jesus, you can do it. 
why are you preaching so hard? Because I am determined for me and everybody that falls under the sheepfold God's given me that we go up. And I'm not letting the world rip you and the devil take you and everything go down. No, if I have a say in the matter, this is, this is why you have to determine. I, I, and I was talking to, to one of the sweet ladies in the church and she was telling me how uh, their job, her job had asked them to work on Sunday. I was so proud of her. She said, no, sir. I already give you, I love what she said. I already give you six days. The seventh is the Lord's. Well, shouldn't we give every day to the Lord? She said, we serve God every day, but I'm going to give him the seventh. Look, I'm going to tell you why she's going to be blessed and everyone else who does stuff like that is going to be blessed. Because when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things. I, you know, 3 John 1, 2, depending on the translation you look at, it, it says, I wish above all things. All things. That's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that you could, I mean, I, I, I can think of many things I'd wish for. Many things that I could pray for. He said, I pray that above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I, 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 I need to determine today. Part of, part of why every once in a while why I preach a message like this is definitely for you. I obviously just said that. But I also know that God stirs me up. And typically when you go through a season like this where my faith is stirred, the devil tries something after that. But if your faith is in position, what, what, it, what it, when in the New Testament, actually in Ephesians, when Paul was explaining the, the uh, uh, armor of God, and that we should have the armor of God, that we need to carry around an armor of God. We need to fit ourselves with the armor of God. One of the things that he said is that the shield of faith quenches or stops or thwarts the fiery darts of who? The evil one. Satan. It made me think. It, I, you've probably seen movies with, uh, with an archer, with a, with a guy and a bow and arrow, or a girl with a bow and arrow. They're always perched up. They always have got a, a, a sight line where they can see a lot of stuff. Hawkeye, right? There's a sight line. There's a, they're, they're, they're looking. They're, and then they wait for that. It's almost like a sniper. They wait for that precise moment. They're sitting, and they're ready, and they're waiting for that right moment. The Bible tells us not to give the devil a foothold. Don't give him any real estate. Don't give him anything. Don't give him an inch because he'll take a mile. What does that? Faith protects you. When you walk by faith and not by sight, some of the things that you face in life, I don't think initially come from the devil. Track with me for a second. Like if you just go through life, like like a job situation, you have to understand if you're putting your, your effort in another job, anything could happen. That, that, that CEO or that boss or whoever, they have a will. They can decide, you know what, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do this job anymore. And they decide to quit and the whole company fold all because of a decision. I, I'm just saying, the world we live in, there's storms and things that happen, just natural storms. Just like, like did anyone wake up at 1.30 this morning? Man, I, I, let me tell you the truth. I fell asleep on the couch. And I, I, I like, man, what was that? The whole house shook if you didn't realize there was an earthquake this morning, a 3.3 earthquake uh, in Lugoff or in Elgin, 
3.3 magnitude, and it shook our house. Man, what well, the devil was not under the plate tectonics going, all right. Oh, is it 1.30 yet? That's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. Even if, see, here's what I'm saying. Let me use that as an example. Let's say that it messed up part of my house. The part where you would get off faith would, and the part where the devil would then start firing, in my opinion, would be when something like that happens and it pulls you into doubt because something happened and you're like, oh, well, how am I going to pay for this? And how am I going to get through it? And how is this going to, do you see what I'm saying? And now you've slipped into doubt, you've dropped your shield of faith, poof, 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 and he's releasing arrows. Well, when it rains, it pours. It's because you don't have your shield of faith up. When there's a drop of rain, my umbrella goes up. A better way to say it would be to just stay under the umbrella of God. I don't even know when it's raining. Shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one. Your faith is measurable. Hebrews 11 tells us two things. If you read through it, you study it, we can recognize two things. I'm going to give you two points. How does your faith grow? Number one, first and foremost, and the the essential key, is you feed your faith on the Word of God. You feed your faith on the Word of God. And two, you exercise your faith. You exercise your faith. So you feed your faith on the Word of God, and then you exercise your faith. I'm going to tell you all a little, I'm going to let you in on Pastor JT's life a little bit. Ready? This is real personal. So don't judge me. But I realized in the last six, maybe eight months, I, uh, I hit a transition with my metabolism. I used to just be able to eat pretty much what I wanted to eat, keep myself busy, work out maybe two or three times a year. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Since college, I've worked out max five times a year. Max. Like, that's the max. And it's not because I don't want to work out or don't want to be strong. I just keep myself busy with other things. It's not... You know, um, the, the Bible's clear, body, bodily exercise is good, but it also says bodily exercise profits little. I just, I figured I'd take that to heart. Until recently. And I realized, you know, if I eat and eat, but don't exercise, you're not supposed to laugh. Uh, you're laughing with me, Okay. What happens, you, you get, I'm talking about me now, not y'all, but you, you, you get a little flabby. You start going, that wasn't, my stomach wasn't that big a year ago. Now, thank God, I think I still look pretty good, but I can tell you where I'm heading. I'm just being honest with y'all. I'm letting you in a little bit because it ties into what I'm talking about. But I can tell you where I'm heading. If I, don't, if I don't get it right, if I don't curb what I eat and, and either figure out how I can work out at home or get a gym membership or whatever we're going to do, i got to figure something out because my metabolism is not what it was a year ago. I'm just telling you, something changed. It's natural. It happens. And I, you know, I thought that'll never happen to me. It happened. In your faith walk, you have to feed your faith and you have to exercise your faith. You have to feed your faith and you have to exercise your faith. You have to exercise what, what you have to, to, to say, I'm believing God, and you go through these things and you exercise it. You go through, that's what I'm saying, there's nothing wrong with believing God for $5 today. If you've never believed God for money, 
You never believe God for something financial, start somewhere. Here, here's what, what, where we get it wrong. If I brought a ladder out today and I asked somebody, hey, I want you to get up here and I want, to, I want you to change one of these light bulbs. And we put the ladder out, you could not go from the ground to the top rung. Where do you start? The bottom rung. You grab hold of it and you step one, two, three, four, and then you're at the top. You start at the bottom and you climb up. To everyone is given a measure of faith. What are you doing with your faith? You, you got saved. You have faith. You trust in God. You believe God. See, see why, why do we come to church? Romans 10, 17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How do I feed my faith? First and foremost, how do I feed my faith? You can't exercise something you don't have. First of all, you have to feed yourself. You need to read the word. You need to study it for yourself. You need to come to church and hear it preached. Today, I already basically prophesied it at the beginning. You're going to leave here with a higher level of faith than you came in. I knew what I was going to preach. I knew what God had put in me. I knew what I'd been, been stirring in me all week. I knew that you, your faith would grow today. I've given you already about 17, 18 different sets of scripture, maybe 30 plus verses. The word of God builds your faith. After everybody in here, unless you're fasting, you're going to go feed your body. You're going to go eat. But right now, you're feeding your spirit. You're feeding your faith. So, exercising your faith. What does Matthew 4, 4 say? But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why would you eat and not exercise? You have to exercise your faith. Uh, this was the quote from F.F. F. Bosworth that I pulled in. Ready? We feed our bodies three hot meals a day. But most of us feed our body or feed our spirits one cold snack a week. And we expect to grow. We expect to have enough faith when, when something tragic happens, like a lost job or a bad report from a doctor or something really, really, really tragic. When something like that happens, again, uh, if that earthquake today had been a four or a five, all of us that felt it would have had damage in our homes. Can anyone in here, raise your hands please, because you'll get a big pay raise. Can anyone fix the plate tectonic situation? Can anyone stop earthquakes from happening? Can anyone stop prophecy because the Bible prophesies that it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to happen? No. Do I look concerned about the earthquakes? My, I, everybody's house around me may fall. Mine will stand. My family will be safe. God will keep us safe. To tell you the truth, this is the first one we've felt. All the ones we've, we've been in different places, we hadn't even felt them. I felt it this morning though, man. I hopped up. You know what I thought? I thought it was a, a jet flew over the house. That's what it felt like. I was like, what? I was up, man. I was up quick. And so, you know, because everybody else is asleep. I'm like, well, I'm glad they're sleeping good. Now I'm up. No, we can't stop it. Things like that happen. We're in a world that has earthquakes. So are you going to wait till something, till, till, or are you going to feed your faith? I'm going to tell you, one cold snack a week is not going to do it. It's not going to do it. When a doctor walks in 
and says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but this is not the result we were hoping for. Build your faith on healing today. Read about healing today. I want to tell you something we're going to do. And if I've got to build it myself, I'll I'll, I'll teach myself when I get back from summer search how to build it or if anybody can help me. But by back to school Sunday, we're going to have a mobile bookstore out in this lobby. And we're going to start ordering books now. I'm going to start building our our resource, uh, resources of books because there are, are a plethora of books that I've read that take God's scripture from men and women who have have studied things like healing, like prosperity, and and all these things. This is not just for me. And just for me to preach to you uh, uh, once on Sunday, and then hopefully you come on Wednesday and get a second sermon, you should be building your faith throughout the week. And then it helps you because as you read a book like that, then when you have your personal study, it coincides with, because it's not to, to replace a personal study, but it can go along with it. Several months back, I preached on impartation. Well, that's a form of impartation. Someone, they may not even be living anymore, but they got a revelation from God and they can impart it into you through a book. We're going to put a mobile bookstore out there. Anybody that can help me do it, help me do it. That's the date. uh, If we get it before, great. But August 14th, when we have Back to School Sunday, there'll be a mobile bookstore out there. We're going to get it. Right now, we have an iPad. We're moving back and forth. We're going to get a second one. It'll be a square iPad out there where we can uh, uh, purchase books. We we don't sell them for profit. Whatever our cost is, I'm going to just translate the cost just to not hurt the church. So it doesn't, you know, so that we're not just giving books away. But whatever our cost is, it'll be your cost, and we can get books. Uh, uh, that'll build your faith. One cold snack a week is not going to do it. You can't start on the top rung. You can't start at, at the top. Start building, start exercising your faith now. Start trusting God for things now. Don't, don't wait until you get that report from the doctor. Start believing, well, my, my big toe hurts. What do you do? What does Mark 11 say? Speak to the mountain, be removed. Now, the mountain is not your toe. If you speak to your toe, it will fall off. What do you speak to? The mountain. Well, what's the mountain? In that case, it would be pain. Poverty is a mountain. Lack is a mountain. There there are mountains we face in life that we allow them... I mean, I feel like this is just kind of a visionary thought that I have, that there are people that allow these mountains to grow in their life and this one pops up, 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 and then one behind that one, and, and now this one's already here, so this other one pops up over here, and you're living in a mountain range because you didn't speak to the first one. The, the, the thing you have to realize is God doesn't want you to live. See, if, you're, if, if you think about that, where are you starting? In the valley. I'm, I'm not living in the valley. I, I, I may, through world circumstances, the devil or my flesh, I may end up in a valley situation, but God will bring me out of it. I, I'm, I'm called to live. A, God has called all of us. I don't want to make it, I, I make things personal because this is how I speak and think and talk. We, believers, are called to live on the mountaintop. 
We're called to go from glory to glory, to go from, from victory to victory. We don't just sing songs like, I'm going to see a victory because we think it's a good, a good phrase and it's a good song and it's got a good beat. No, it's because I believe those words that God wants us. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. What, 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 where does that come from? That's Romans 8, 28. All things, all th- God works all things for the good. Well, then, then how do I, okay, all right, how do I exercise my faith? You take scripture like that. So this is the best starting point. Take scripture like that and confess it. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything to believe for. Then believe you don't have anything to have to believe against. I hope, I don't know if, that, if anybody caught that. Start now and say, you know what? Before my job could even fire me, God will give me one. I'll find out later after I'm in my new better job that the rest of my coworkers, they, they, they got laid off. And now, not that you'd want that. I'm not saying that you want your coworkers to get laid off, but you understand what I'm saying. If they're going to get laid off, God will, God will promote me before. Start believing and confessing that now. Get, get that expectation, that thought process now. If you let the world just crumble around you and everything, I mean, I mean, what happens um, uh, weekly? All, all of the Senate hearings and all of the stuff, all of the things that, are, that happen, all to try to figure out how to make our life better. Well, I've got a scenario. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I live in America. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful we live in a country where laws can change. I'm thankful we live in a, in a country where, 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 where rules can where things can change, where things can develop. I'm thankful we live in a country that gives us freedom uh, where I can't, we can uh, have religious freedom today. We can come here and worship. But I am not political. I'm not called to be political. I'm not called to sit on one aisle or the other. And I, I vote, I believe in exercising your right to vote because I'm a citizen of the United States of America. But I'm not political. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I trust in Jesus. So the rules can change. That doesn't change what my God's able to do with me. My God's able to do with me through my faith, my trust in him. I'm going to cling to who? To Jesus Christ. My clinging to Jesus Christ keeps me. What does Ephesians tell us? We're seated far above. Far above. What are we seated far above? Spirits, principalities, and whatever's happening down here. The Bible actually calls... uh, um, one of, the, one of the ways the devil is described is the prince of the air. What's interesting about that is, is, is in that same chapter, we're described as being seated far above. So even though he's the prince of the air, he's the god of this world, in another place the Bible describes the devil, I'm above him. Because my God's above him, and my God set Jesus at his right hand, and where the head is, so the body is. The Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church and we are his, we are his body. Did anybody leave your toes at home today? How about your kneecaps? Everybody brought their kneecaps with you? 
Anybody lose an elbow on the way here? Forget your eyeball? I'm just trying to think of the most obnoxious <laughs> body parts. Where your body is, where's Jesus seated? The right hand of the Father. If you want to be connected down here, have at it. But I'm going to connect to the one that said I can do all things through him. And I'm going to do everything I can. See, it's up, it's up. I have a decision to make daily to walk by faith or not by sight. I, I have a decision daily. Is it easy all the time? No, but in comparison to the other, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's much easier than the other path. It's much easier. Serving God is much easier. Amen. Serving Jesus is much easier. So I, I, can, I, can, I can have, I, I'm not going to be one of those Christians that's like, oh, serving God is hard and it's just, you know, just... Um, you know, we have to pick up our cross. You know, where the Bible told you to pick up your cross is to, to be like Jesus. Not that you have to go through what he went through. He went through it so you don't have to. He became poor so that you might become rich. That's what the Bible says. And Jesus was not spiritually poor. So it's not talking about spirituality. Man, I'm pulling out all kinds of scripture today to help you. God's given this to me to help thwart anything that you've been taught, anything that you've been indicated to. By, and, and I love other churches. I'm thankful for them. But if they've indicated to you that God wants to keep you down to try to teach you things, I can't find it in scripture. The Israelites walked around for 40 years. Hebrews tells us, the New Testament tells us it was because of their doubt and unbelief. Look it up. It was their doubt and unbelief. There was a punishment. And the two that believed, the two spies that came back and did what? Walked by faith and said, no, we can take the land. They lived long enough to see the promised land. So a generation passed away that couldn't see it because of their faith or their doubt and their unbelief. And then two who had the faith, them and their families walked through the promised land. Man, I, I can decide whether I want to be a Joshua and Caleb or the other 10 who don't even have a name. Actually, they may be named. I don't know, but I don't know who they are. I couldn't even tell you who they are. I, 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 what did Joshua say while I'm talking about him? As for me and my house. See, I, I just, I believe before... He went out with those 10 spies. He had already decided. We're, we're, we're going into that promised land. As for me and my house, we're serving God and he's going to do what he said he would do. And he must have walked, walked with Caleb. He must have walked with Caleb because it rubbed off on Caleb. Because Caleb was like, man, listen, we can do this. We can take this land. We can, we, can, we can overcome these. I don't care if they're giants or not. I don't care how big. Did you see those grapes? I want some grapes. And I don't know who the other 10 were walking with, but their unbelief caused a generation to miss out on a promise. I, I, my family, I'm just saying, for me and my house, we're going to walk by faith. And I, 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 I'm not trying to pretend like I'm perfect, 
but I'm going to do everything in my power to exemplify walking by faith so my kids grow up and they, they never even learn the behavioral things that some of us learned. You know, it's behavioral the way we react to certain situations. It's not scriptural. The anti-faith, the full of doubt ways we respond to things and say things, and, 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 and it's a lack of trust in God. But you can unlearn that and learn through the Word of God that when situation arises, man, I can do this. I know the giants are big, but, but you know what? See, see, this is what I'm saying. When, when, when you believe God for a big toe healing and God heals your big toe, when, 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 when you need a leg healing or, or cancer or so, you see what I'm saying? Don't wait until you get one of those results to start believing God for healing. I'm, I'm not going to have back pain. I'm not going to have it. It's not going to be my body. God called me healed. He took on sickness and disease on the cross for me. I'm not going to be old and barely be able to get out of bed and be sore every time. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to preach till the end of the day. I mean, I mean, God's going to have to come and take us. I'm going to go up in the rapture or I'm going to preach until I'm done. I gotta quit. We got a parent meeting. I could preach like I could preach like this for hours. I I, I hope this has helped you. Let me let me let me. I want to make sure. There are two things, two important things I want to tell you that, that I felt impressed the Lord to tell you. I want to make sure that I've said them. Number one was was the two things that we must do. We must feed our faith and we must exercise our faith. We must feed our faith and exercise our faith. You cannot exercise what you haven't fed. Start by feeding your faith. I wouldn't miss church. I wouldn't miss the house of God. I wouldn't miss, because I, I, and I would have an expectation when I come, my faith is fed. I wouldn't let my family miss. I would get, I would, listen, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. You're coming to church. This is what we do. You need, you need faith. You need to understand what, what I, I don't care whether you, look, look, you may not even like me, but if you like God's word and this is where your family's coming, just come. Anyways, then you exercise your faith. Start exercising it. And the other, the second thing that I wanted to make sure, that was part one, A and B. The second thing I want to make sure that, that I communicated today, just, just feeling led of the Lord to say this, is now's the time. Now's the time to do these things, to build your faith, because uh, Jesus, Jesus is coming soon. I mean, I can't help but look around at what's happening. Jesus is coming soon. I, let's not wait. Let's not wait until, until he, he's, you know, until the, the, the very end, right before he's about to come, and realize, oh man, I need to get my faith together. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's, now's the time. Amen? And, and, and I also think, just as I'm saying this and just what's in my heart, that's not just for the end time prophecy stuff. That I, I just the Lord's uh, dealing with me as I say this. I believe it also has to do with things that are, that are coming up in your lives. That he would have me say this today for whoever's here, for you today, now's the time. I don't know what's coming up, but God does. I don't know what's around the corner, but God does. I don't, I don't know what, what may happen with your family. I, I don't know what may happen with, with your job. I don't know what may happen, but God does. Now's the time. Build your faith today, this week, every day. Create some new habits. When we get this bookstore open, and if you don't want to wait till then, if, you want, if you're a, I'm a digital reader too. I like, I like physical, physical books, but I read a lot of, I have a big digital library. I have several books that I bought that I haven't even gotten to reading yet. 
I'll, I'll give you some. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help, you know, like, man, I want, I want a good book to read on this topic. I'll pull up in my library and you can go and down one on Amazon or Apple Books or whatever. Now's the time. Now, today. H- hear me. I, 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 not very often the Lord does that, but I mean, as I'm saying all this, the Lord just said, no, it's not just about end times. It's about this year. It's about this month. It's about whatever's on the horizon. I don't know those things. But, but I'm increasing and stretching my faith. You know, one of the things I realized when I, well, I'll talk about that later. I'm going to talk about that when I get the testimony. I was going to tell you a story and tell you where my faith is at, but it's going to be much more impactful if I tell you when I get the testimony. Anyways, now's the time. Amen? Amen? Amen. Just lift up your hands for a second. We can bring up that. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that now is the time. Lord, that as we ingest your word, receive your word, seek after your word, become more hungry for your word, that our faith grows, that our faith increases, that our faith is stretched, that, that, we, that you take us, as your word says, from glory to glory. Tomorrow is going to be better than today. Tomorrow will be better than today. I'm not going backwards. I'm not going backwards. Now with every hand lifted high, I want all of y'all to say this like your faith's been stirred by a 45-minute sermon from your pastor. I want you to say, I'm not going backwards in Jesus' name. One more time, say, I'm not going backwards in Jesus' name. I'm going forwards in Jesus' name. I'm going from glory to glory, from victory to victory. My expectation, come on, everybody say it, say, I'm expecting to walk in the blessings of God, and I'm taking my family with me.